Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikbat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. We are located at the corner of Boulevard and Grove, across from the Art Museum. For more information, you can visit our website at tikvatisrael.com. There, you can support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and contact us with any questions or comments. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Good morning again. You know, I thought it was interesting. Uh, today is Groundhog Day, and Eric mentioned it in his drash. Uh, I don't know if you all are aware Punxsutawney Phil did not see his shadow today, so that means spring is around the corner. Isn't that awesome? Yes. So that's that's a good thing. And uh, Eric also mentioned, talk about the uh, the movie Groundhog Day, which was the the actor Bill Murray just keeps gets a do-over all the time. Well, I thought that was kind of an appropriate lead-in to what I'm going to talk about this morning, and that's the subject of grace. So, do-over is kind of a grace period. So, I want to talk about amazing grace. How many people don't know and don't understand the grace of God? How many followers of Yeshua, unfortunately, live with a sense of shame and condemnation and even fear of failure? How many believers are performance-oriented and perfection-driven. How many have a father wound? That means they're, they're trying to always live up to dad's expectation and just, in their mind, or maybe in dad's, but they just can never make it. How many end up living life discouraged and depressed because they can never measure up? So we're going to take a look at grace today. Amazing grace much like the title of the old hymn from way back when. Too many people think that grace is something that you have to earn. Like if you study in the past the test, you get grace, or that it's something that you have to work for. Still others get kind of the the confused or the mistaken thought that, well, I've got grace, but i got to maintain it if I want to keep it. Kind of like you got to, with your car, you got to change the oil, you got to r- rotate the tires, or else, you know, your car is going to go to pot. So. But it's not like that. If grace depended on your work and your performance, it wouldn't be amazing grace at all. That would be amazing you. And you and I are not that amazing. Yeshua, he's the one that's amazing. So what is grace? What is it? Well, what is the definition? It's unmerited favor. It's divine enablement. Here is the official definition of grace. We could put that up now. No, that's not the definition of grace. The one before that. There we go. Grace is the unmerited, unearned, undeserved kindness and favor of God. Unmerited, unearned, undeserved kindness and favor of God. And I want to go through each one of those points there. What is meant by unmerited? Well, merit means being particularly good or worthy. You know, like in scouting, they have merit badges. 
You have to complete a series of tasks or uh, do some tests or finish something and you get a merit badge, right? God is in effect saying, here, I'm going to give you this merit badge called grace. I give it to you even though you haven't been perfectly good or worthy. You see, God had a plan. And now let's look at our first scripture reference, Ephesians 2, 8, chapter 2, verse 8. And reading in the Tree of Life version, I have, for gra- by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not your effort. You ever hear those advertisements saying, come in and drive the new 2019 Honda Accord. If you come in and test drive an Accord, we're going to give you a free gift. Or you hear this on the TV, be the first 100 people through the door at this store and you're going to get a gift, a free gift. I always wonder when I hear that, have you ever heard of a gift that you have to pay for? You think it's not really a gift then, is it? A gift should be free. Otherwise, it's not a gift. Well, your gift of salvation was very costly. It cost God his only begotten son. Yeshua paid dearly for your gift. But did you pay? No. It goes on to say in the next verse, Ephesians 2.9, it is not based on deeds or in some translations, they say works. It is not based on deeds so that no one can boast. Hear this clearly. There will be no boasting in heaven. There's a lot of boasting on earth right now. There's a lot of hot air going around, but there will be none in heaven. The first time you see the nail prints in his hands, you will know that's why I'm there. It's unmerited. Even our righteousness is as filthy rags by comparison to that salvation and what he's accomplished. There are many times when we experience unmerited favor or grace in our lives. You take out books from the library, you have a grace period to return them. You get a movie from Redbox, you have a grace period. Does anybody... Does Redbox still exist? I don't know. I guess it does. Yeah. You get a speeding ticket. Now, I do admit I've had a few speeding tickets over my driving career, but there have been a couple times when I got stopped by the cop, and uh, he said, well, I'm going to give you a warning this time. Thank you, officer. I I will not. I will not speed again. Or there's been a couple times when it was like, I clocked you doing 81. That's reckless driving. But I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to just put it at 72 in the 65 zone. So, you you know, you end up getting some points or pay a fine, but at least you don't get your license taken away. So we, we do experience grace. When uh, my daughter, Alicia, was a teenager and we were living in North Carolina, one day... She came home from work after school, and she was driving her little Toyota, and we had a single lane-wide driveway, which then opened up to two spaces behind a two-car garage. And I had parked there my 
nice new Dodge Ram pickup. And then I was in the yard working, and she, she's driving in, and she saw me, and she's waved, you know, you know, Dad, and it's like, and she went to drive around my pickup truck, but she didn't quite make it, and she hit the front right uh, headlight of her car, hit into the bumper of my nice new Ram pickup, put a nice big dent in it, bashed her headlight in the, in the front of her car. And she got out, and she was she was crying. She was saying, "Dad, I'm so sorry, Dad. I'm so sorry." You know, and I said, "It's okay. I will take care of it. I will cover it. Because that's what's dad. That's what dads do. And what I'm saying is, that's what your heavenly Father does. Sometimes we do stupid things. God covers our st stupid things with grace. So." It is unmerited. It's also, by the definition, undeserved. Can we look at Romans chapter 3 in verses 23, 24? Shaul said to the Romans, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are set right as a gift of his grace through the redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua. You know, a mom tells... Her little boy, Johnny, clean your room. If you clean your room, you can have ice cream. And checks back, and Johnny, have you cleaned your room? No. Johnny, if you can clean your room, you're going to have ice cream. So a couple hours later, Johnny, Johnny comes out and says, okay, Mom, I'm ready for my ice cream. You're not getting any ice cream. You didn't clean your room. You don't deserve it. Sometimes we don't deserve it. I want to tell a story, true story, and a, a friend of mine, and a lot of people here know, Rabbi Russ Resnick. He has an interesting life story. And many of you may know Russ has visited here and been a, a speaker a number of times. Well, when Russ was in his early 20s, back in the early 1970s, he lived in a hippie commune in northern New Mexico. And uh, it's actually quite, there's a, there's a book you can, that, that's been published, has the photographs of all these hippie communes that lived in northern New Mexico back at that time. So Russ and some of his friends that are also in ministry today, but back then, they were uh, farming the land, and they grew blue corn. If you go to New Mexico these days, and especially up in Albuquerque, Santa Fe, you go in a lot of the, the, the restaurants, they'll have tortillas and stuff made with blue corn, and it's really good. Well, anyway, they grew blue corn, but they also grew another crop in space between the corn. And, um, and this is one that's not legal, called marijuana. So one day, the local sheriff paid them a visit, and they were actually on good terms with the local sheriff. Uh, he was friendly to them, and he said, you know, the DEA just raided a commune, commune like yours over in the next county, and they arrested them all for growing marijuana. And Russ tells a story. They were like, oh, wow, far out, man. You know, that's really something. You know, and they didn't, they didn't let on or anything. But, uh, so they kind of just played dumb, didn't think anything of it. Well, that sheriff was trying to warn them in a nice way. 
It was about three days later, he said, they saw a string of police cars and black SUVs coming up the road to their place with the lights flashing, the sirens going. Bottom line, they were all hauled off to jail. Men, women, even the kids. Well, the authorities decided to let the women and children go, and that left the men. So they ended up hiring a lawyer who helped them with their case. The lawyer negotiated with the prosecutor, and eventually the feds agreed to dismiss the charges against all but one person. They said one person is going to have to take the blame for this case to be closed. They wanted, you know, they wanted a conviction. They didn't want to go through all this mess and stuff, but they had to so, say that through all their effort, they had a conviction before they would close the case. Well, Russ was the only one of the guys who didn't have some kind of a, a record of any kind. The others would have had to gone to jail for a longer period. So he told the lawyer, he said, I'll take the rap. He pleaded guilty. Everyone else went free. And when the time came for him to be sentenced, he thought he was going to have to spend a few years in jail. Well, the judge miraculously decided to suspend the sentence. And Russ was released on parole. Eventually, years later, he said he was able to get his record cleared completely. Today, Russ is an ordained Messianic rabbi. He's an author of a number of books. And he's also a licensed professional counselor. You see, all of them had sinned. They all broke the law. And they all deserved to be punished. But Russ took the rap. We have all sinned. We have all broken the law. And legally, we deserve death. But Yeshua took the rap for us. He took our sin on the execution stake and paid the price. We don't deserve it, but we have God's grace. So it's undeserved. The third thing is it's unearned. Romans 11, verse 6 says, But, for, but it, if it is by grace, it is no longer works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. See, if it's free, then it's not earned. And conversely, if it's earned, it's not free. It's either one or the other. In this case, you didn't, deserve, you didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. Yeshua did. Did it cost you anything? No. Did it cost him anything? Yes. It cost him his life. He paid a heavy price. Grace is that Yeshua died for our sins. So, you see, we're saved by God's grace. It is unmerited, it is undeserved, and it is unearned. But let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 once more. It says again, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Through faith. Now, what, is, what does that mean, through faith? It means your unmerited favor, your unearned salvation comes through faith and reliance on Yeshua as Hamashiach as our Messiah. He says we are to believe. We are to trust in him. Folks, that's freedom. That's real freedom. You are free to receive the grace through your faith. So we do have a part to play to receive God's grace. It's our faith. 
It's not by works, though. But do our works matter? Ephesians 2, then verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Messiah Yeshua for good deeds, good works, which God prepared beforehand so we might walk in them. You and I are saved by grace for good works, for good deeds. You are a new creation in Messiah Yeshua for good works. The reason we call them good works is because they're good. It is good to do good works. That's why we say things like, wow, that's really good, or you did good, or as we say in the South, y'all done good. Are we going to be judged under grace for our works? Yes. It's like when my wife says at Thanksgiving, do you want white meat or dark? And I say, yes. I just cover the whole thing over with gravy. Grace is like the gravy. It's covering the whole thing, the good and the bad works. And regarding works or deeds, Ecclesiastes 12.14 tells us, God said, he said, God will bring every deed into judgment, including everything that is hidden under the gravy, as I call them, whether it is good or evil. Every deed, every work, good, bad, indifferent. And likewise, Matthew Yeshua said in verse 16, 27, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. You have to understand the difference between our belief and our behavior. Our belief determines where we will spend eternity. Our behavior determines how we will spend our eternity. Our behavior determines our rewards in heavens and our responsibilities. It's the stuff we get to do. Remember, Yeshua said, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Your good works, your good deeds are kind of your 401k retirement fund in heaven. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but we're not just going to be floating around on clouds up there playing on harps. You're going to be doing stuff. The Bible says it's a perfect earth and a perfect heaven. There will be no sin. There will be no stupid stuff. You'll have stuff to do, and you're going to be blessed doing it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Messiah, so that each one may receive what is due for the things he did while in the body whether good or bad. Now, this is not the judgment seat, the great white judgment seat of who, who goes to heaven or not. As for a follower of Yeshua, that's already determined for you. This is the judgment seat of Messiah. Now, how does the Bible describe what will happen at that judgment seat regarding our works? Well, we have some details in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 through 15. I'll read this. It says, According to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and another builds on it. But let each consider carefully how he builds on it, for no one can lay any other foundation than what is already laid, which is Yeshua the Messiah. 
Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will show it, because it is to be revealed by fire, and the fire itself will test each one's work, what sort it is. If anyone's work built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but as through fire. You see, in this life, the things that you do for eternity will last. The things that you do for temporal reasons, they're not going to last. You will receive a reward of the things you do for eternity. The temporal things you do, they're just going to be burnt up. (laughs) But you will be saved. You don't lose your salvation. And to sum this up, if you are a follower of Yeshua, you are living in grace. Amazing grace. Unmerited, undeserved, unearned. But you got it. Enjoy it. Live it. Live life. And while you are here on earth, do good works. Why? Because you store up treasures in heaven. And oh, by the way, it's kind of... It's going to bless your life now anyway, so you might as well do good works. And when you help a friend, when you volunteer, when you serve in ministry, when you tithe, you really get blessed here and now. You really do. I have to tell you, you will have more joy in life now. But more importantly, you're going to build up your 401k account in heaven. Shabbat shalom.